Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Lions have an uphill battle against the 49ers this weekend. Can Dan Campbell and company pull it off? Also, the Panthers have found their next head coach, and the Falcons are hiring someone not named Bill Belichick. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. The Detroit Lions have a chance on Sunday to put together the greatest playoff run in modern Lions history. Maybe, maybe ever, at least for the last, what, 50 or 60 years against the 49ers. And they are going to have a tall task on their hands. Seven-point underdogs, according to our friends at FanDuel, Matt Derry from Locked On Lions joins me now. And Matt, this Lions team, they were a great story last year. This year, they're a great football team. How do they spring the upset in this one, though? Because it is not going to be easy against the San Francisco team that is perhaps the best top-to-bottom roster in the league. You know, Pete, you've talked about it, I know, on your show this week, Unlocked on Packers, myself, Unlocked on Lions. Is it possible that the Niners could play any worse than they played Saturday night, yet escaped? And and I I think they're going to play better, but I think the Lions are up for the task to, to stay in this thing, to make it interesting, and certainly to win it because... If they can run the football and do what Aaron Jones and that Packer offensive line did to that Niner D line the other day, uh, I I think they can do it. I think Ben Johnson has got to cook up some things. Uh, Same with Dan Campbell. I think you'll see a fake punt in this game. I think you'll see some sort of razzle-dazzle, flea flicker, you know, St. Brown maybe on a reverse throw in the ball. Why not pull it all out here and pull out all the stops and, and, and make it interesting? And, of course, a turnover battle. I mean, Jared Goff has not turned it over in two playoff games this year. Uh, he's won some games at Levi Stadium as, as a quarterback for the Rams. So it's been done, but he's got to play flawless, no short fields, no tip balls, turning in interceptions to give the Niners you know, easy opportunities. I think that'll be key for the Lions. Yeah, and Dan Campbell has, has not just talked the talk. He has walked the walk when it comes to being aggressive, the fourth down decisions, the, the fake punt decisions, the two-point conversion decisions. Kyle Shanahan has famously or infamously, maybe if you're a 49ers fan, gone the other way handled the end of the first half against the Packers in an extremely conservative manner. And this could be, right, proof of concept for Dan Campbell saying, this is who we are culturally, and maybe we're not as talented as those guys, but we can prove on the field that that approach can be the difference, right? This could could be the underline of the Dan Campbell era right here. No question about it. And you're talking about a dome team going on the road, on grass to try to play, which Last 10, I believe, have gone on the road in the NFC Championship game or just in, a, in any championship game, AFC or NFC have lost. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Dan Campbell sort of has that persona and that that, that, that culture drive with the, the, the smash mouth, with the, the aggressiveness, with the fourth downs. Why let up and do anything differently this week when all the pressure is on the guys in the red uniforms? I mean, San Francisco has been in this game now three straight years. They've lost the first two. It's been Super Bowl or bust for them this year. It's not for the Lions. Now, did the Lions internally in Allen Park say, yeah, the, we think we can do this and we're going to go do it, and I think they'd be upset if they didn't do it. But all the pressure is on that other team, and I think, like we said, Campbell and, the, and that coaching staff kind of lets it all hang out here. 
Is there a, a tactical thing where you could point to and say, okay, if this is, whether it's just like turnovers or attacking the middle of the field, is there something where you point to and go, if the Lions can do this, they can win? Well, yeah, running the football will set up the play-action passing game for Goff. Uh, putting Aiden Hutchinson over the right tackle, not the left tackle. There's no point in having him play on the right side of that Lions D-line this week against Trent Williams. I think he's yeah. got to be lining up on the other side and and maybe even sometimes on the inside against the right tackle and right guard, which is the weak spot for the Niners. Um, you know, kicking game is going to be important. And certainly for the Lions defense, those corners, if Debo Samuel plays, I mean, those corners have got to be able to cover, and they haven't really done a great job the last few weeks. They've gotten away with it in terms of the Lions offense outscored the Bucs, outscored the Rams. They, they held L.A. to a lot of field goals in that first playoff game. Uh, Cam Sutton has got to play better than he's played the first two weeks. And it's not going to be easy. Ayuk is in a thousand yard receiver. Kittle's as good a tight end as there is. If Samuel plays McCaffrey out of the backfield, it's going to be fun though, Pete. It's, there's a lot of, a lot of intrigue, certainly. And I think the lions are up for it. Stay up to date all year on the Detroit lions by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on lions on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Panthers are hiring Dave Canales to lead their franchise. Before we get to whether or not it was the right move, the NFL award finalists have been announced. The NFL playoffs rage on, and now is the perfect time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150. In bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. Or you can check out a fun prop like, do you think a non-quarterback will throw a touchdown in either game this Sunday? FanDuel has... 22 to 1 odds on that happening. If you believe in the razzle-dazzle, let's have some fun. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlay is a great way to enjoy watching sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL playoffs right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. An Eastern Conference Finals rematch popped off between the Celtics and the Heat. But as for the game itself, well, I don't even know where to begin, to be quite honest with you, because it was such a complete dismantling. Miami fell behind early. They were starting to you know, keep pace a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the Celtics just exploded from three-point range, and they would not let up a number of weapons. They wound up finishing the game 22 of 40. 22 of 40. That's 55% from three-point range. Again, a 143 to 110 blowout. This might, might have been Miami's best offensive game of their recent five-game losing streak. They wind up eclipsing the 100-point mark and uh, shot 38% from three, but it didn't really matter. Like, this final score was well-determined. At one point in time, Miami looked like they might catch a break. They were starting to claw their way back in, had managed to 
keep the score down. I think they were down by seven uh, midway through the third quarter. And then, well, things just progressively got worse. And LeBron James became the first player in NBA history to make 20 straight all-star teams on Thursday night as the league announced the starters for the 2024 game. LeBron passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on that list after passing him on the all-time scoring list a year ago. And speaking of Bucks legends, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard became the first pair of Milwaukee Bucks all-star starters since 1976 when it was Bobby Dandridge and Brian Winters. The AP revealed the finalists for the NFL awards this year, including MVP, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey and quarterback Brock Purdy, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, and Bills quarterback Josh Allen, all named MVP finalists. Jackson stands as the favorite to land his second MVP after leading the Ravens to the best record in the league and putting together a 3,600-yard passing, 800-yard rushing season. Hardly a day after mutually agreeing to part ways with the Miami Dolphins, Vic Fangio will become the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, according to reports from ESPN's Adam Schefter. Fangio worked with the Eagles for two weeks last year as a consultant, helping them prepare for a Super Bowl against the Chiefs before eventually joining the Dolphins as a full-time defensive coordinator. The Eagles have completely flipped their coordinators after a monumental collapse in 2023. Fangio was the Associated Press NFL Assistant Coach of the Year in 2018 as the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator and has 37 years of NFL coaching experience. And on the ice, the Wild hosted the Predators as Minnesota looked to climb back over 500. A slow start and two goals 31 seconds apart are the difference tonight as the Minnesota Wild fall to the Nashville Predators 3-2. Hey everybody, Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, recapping a 3-2 loss for the Minnesota Wild in a game that they desperately needed to get back into the playoff picture. The Wild actually led in this game by a score of one to nothing on Jewel Erickson X's 21st goal of the season in the second period, but then three straight Nashville goals as Alexander Carrier and Philip Forsberg score 30 seconds apart in the third. Roman Yossi scores later in the period to make it three to one. Matt Boldy scores his 16th goal of the season on the power play with four minutes remaining to cut it to three to two, but the Wilds not able to get the tying goal and take a look at this, courtesy of Michael Russo. The Minnesota Wild have now lost six consecutive division games since December 30th to Winnipeg, Dallas, Arizona, and Nashville by a combined score of 27 to eight. You tell me if the Minnesota Wild are a team with postseason aspirations. Is another story you need to know. The Carolina Panthers didn't give Frank Reich a lot of time to get things figured out, and now they have their new head coach in place. Can Dave Canales put together a winning program in Charlotte? Our Locked On Panthers host, Julian Council, went live to discuss with Panthers fans. I think Dave Canales is a good hire. I have no idea whether it's going to work or not, but I think it is a good hire on paper, and it's necessary for what the Carolina Panthers need right now. And anyone who's been paying attention listening to the show, watching the show, knows that I have not necessarily leaned as far as wanting a defensive head coach or an offensive head coach or a special teams coordinator being elevated to the head coaching role. What I cared about is someone who could lead men. That's what Steve Wilkes did for the Carolina Panthers 
during 2022. Never mind, he was a defensive coordinator and he has done a great job in the past as a defensive coach. But what mattered most to me was the respect that he was able to command in that locker room and how those men responded to him week in and week out. And sure, the Panthers didn't win every single game that Steve Wilkes coached. They had their stinkers. They also had an outstanding game against Detroit and some other games that get played against Tampa or along the way. I appreciated that they had an identity and that they had a head coach who felt like he was the fit of the role. At no point, and I'm not trying to sit here and denigrate Matt Rule, did he feel like he was ready for the job at this level. What I cared about was not whether you could call plays defensively or offensively. What I cared about is can you lead men in listening and really reading what Jeff Howell from The Athletic had to say about Dave Canales. He's well-respected from his time in Seattle and in Tampa. He can relate to players and lead a room. That's what the Carolina Panthers need. Yes, they need a coach who can bring inventive, modern, offensive skills. They need a coach who can get the entire coaching staff on the same page and not have the infighting that was here last fall with the offensive coaching staff. He needs, they need a Carol, a Panthers need somebody who can go out there and help win football games. And I think Dave Canales has a chance to do that. Now, will he? That will remain to be seen. But two things really stand out to me as far as Carolina Panthers about to make this hire of Dave Canales as their next head coach. This move, first and foremost, was made with Bryce Young in mind, which is obvious. You traded away your first-round pick, which could be the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft in April to go up there and get Bryce Young. You traded away the second-round pick you got in the McCaffrey trade from San Francisco to trade up to get Bryce Young. You gave it your second-round pick in 2025 to get Bryce Young. You gave up DJ Moore to get Bryce Young, and then you gave him DJ Chark, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, Jonathan Mingo. You didn't do anything to help Bryce Young last year. And on paper, it made sense. Frank Reich had worked with quarterbacks before, has won a Super Bowl. When he had a stable quarterback situation in Indianapolis, he won games. They brought in Thomas Brown, who had spent time with Sean McVay, could marry that system with Reich's system. And as we saw, that did not go well for the Carolina Panthers this past season. They brought in Jim Caldwell. They brought in Josh McCown, who, if there wasn't a Rooney rule, would have been the head coach of the Houston Texans at some point in time over the last couple of years. This all-star coaching staff, on paper, it all made sense, but in practice, it did not work for the Carolina Panthers. So turning around, they needed to find someone who could be a consensus builder and someone who has a proven background of turning around and helping quarterbacks. And Dave Canales is absolutely that guy. Look no further than the past two seasons, one in Seattle as a quarterbacks coach, and then this past season in Tampa Bay as the O.C., Stay up to date all year on the Carolina Panthers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Panthers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Raheem Morris is Atlanta's next coach. The Atlanta Falcons needed a change. Some speculated that they'd go get Bill Belichick. They ended up hiring Raheem Morris. Locked On Falcons host Aaron Freeman has more. Yeah, my immediate reaction was shock, right? It wasn't like it was it came out of nowhere, but I just didn't think the Falcons would make this move right now, today. It was like maybe next week when they, they get a better lay of the land, some of these other jobs get full, and they're like, okay, we're kind of narrowing our focus on some of these guys. I thought that maybe wouldn't the time would happen for Raheem Morris, but outside of that, like this makes total sense to me. Like This is a guy that did a lot of good work here in Atlanta in his previous stint, not only 
coaching on the offense, coaching on the defense as the interim head coach, uh, a guy that fits the culture, uh, the first black coach, full-time African-American coach in Atlanta Falcons history. And and it Mm -hmm. felt like, and I was telling this to Jarvis before, it felt like this was the cycle where this could happen. This was the best chance. and And for someone who has been, wanting to see Raheem Morris as one of my top options for uh, the Falcons to hire. Like it felt like, you know, the, the, the stars were aligned, so mm-hmm. to speak for, for this thing to happen. And I feel like it's the right move. Indeed. And Jarvis, what about you? When you heard the word a few minutes ago that indeed it was going to be Raheem Morris, what was your immediate or instant reaction? I was shocked. I mean, because when you think about like, when we first ha- started having these conversations, we found out at 12, 12, 12 o'clock and 59 12 seconds. 3 a- yeah, it was literally 12.03 a.m. I get a flash <laughs> notification. Arthur, Arthur, Arthur Spill was fired. I was just like, oh, my God. Okay, so who are they going to hire? And then we started thinking of all the sexy names, right? Jim Harbaugh. Oh, he'll be amazing. Whoever they have at quarterback, he's going to make sure that dude is going to be on point. And then we started thinking about Bill Belichick. And I was just oh, man, he got a thousand million Super Bowls. So, yeah, of course he's going to bring the Super Bowl to the Falcons. But when you start thinking, when I, you know, when we first started talking about this, I said from the beginning, this was my dream hire. Literally, Raheem was Raheem the dream. Dang, I said I wasn't going to say that to my wife because I was talking to her about it. She said, Raheem the dream. Like, no, that's lame. I'm not going to do it. No, but it's I like out it. Anyway. So, <laughs> so Raheem was Raheem the dream, dream for me. To start off, it was the dream right. because I said, yeah. I just didn't see a scenario where Rich McKay, Arthur May said, you know what? We're going to bring this dude back and he's going to be the head coach of our team and he can get us exactly what we need to be. And for them to, to decide to, to say that, you know, the whole Bobby Slower thing, we heard that picking up a little of steam earlier today. And I was just like, man, are they going to have Bobby Slowick? But I even reached out to Aaron. I was just like, man, I don't know, man. This thing, <laughs> thing might be kind of happening pretty soon, my brother. But yeah. it's just, and it just, and I just came to resolve that, hey, this was going to be a situation where they're going to play this bad boy out. They've waited for a head coach before. Even I brought up Dan Quinn. They waited around for him, you know, and, uh, until he got to where he needed to be or he felt what he needed to be to be that guy. But yeah, when I found out, Raheem was the guy, and you. We were literally on the phone. <laughs> we're talking about, yeah, you know, like, talk about the show. <laughs> She's like, "Oh yeah, Raheem is gonna be the head coach." I was like, "What?" You know, so yeah, for him to be the, the head coach because I think, in regards to you know being a, a first black coach, I get that, I understand that, but just from a football standpoint, let's talk about that first. Just being able to communicate, being that communicator, being the guy that can talk to anybody from. QB1 to doggone undrafted free agent. He could talk, have a conversation to help that man be a better football player. That's what you need. And it's the best of both worlds. You yeah. not only get a guy who's kind of new, fresh, right? It's been a minute. What, 13 years, T? 13 he, years. 13 years since he's been a head coach. And also he has the head coach's experience. And yeah. the dude has, has the clout that comes with it too. The man won Super Bowl as defense coordinator for the, uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. So, you got to give credit for that as well. So, yeah. Indeed. I love the fact that this dude is going to be coaching on the sidelines on Sundays. And I, I promise you, I, I just can't say it enough. I was shocked, utterly shocked that yeah. he, he was the head coach of this team. They named him the head coach of this team. And finally, he was once golf's biggest rising star. Then he disappeared, seemingly for good. 
Well, now Anthony Kim is coming back, according to a report from Golf Magazine. Kim was 26 the last time he played in a professional event some 12 years ago. According to the report, Kim is negotiating with the PGA Tour and Live Golf to make a comeback. Kim finished second in his PGA Tour debut back in 2006, winning three times on tour between 06 and 2010. But an Achilles injury essentially ended his career. Or so we thought. Kim receded from golf, didn't play or even do interviews. Now, golf's Bigfoot has been sighted. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, the Super Bowl for 2024 will be set and we will have all the local reaction to the conference championships. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.